What would your life look like if you felt confident in your body and in your health habits? We believe that confidence is possible for all people. This is the Free Method Podcast, and I'm your host, Dylan Murphy, registered dietitian and owner of Free Method Nutrition. We are dedicated to empowering women to make peace with food, heal their relationship with their body, and create sustainable health habits. Come hang with us each week as we have conversations that will inspire you to live a life of freedom. Let's dive into today's show. Welcome back to another episode of Free Method Podcast. Today, I'm joined again by Jenna Warner. <laughs> I feel like you were here maybe in 2020 or 2021. Or... I think I was pregnant last yes, time that's too, a, yes. So, yes. So probably end of 2020. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, <laughs> which is wild. It is. Yeah, what it, what's new since then? I mean, that's like a lot of years and 2020 and all that. So I feel like that. like it's wild to think that I was pregnant then, had mm-hmm. no idea what it was like yeah. to be a mom. Now I'm pregnant yes. again with a toddler and have no idea what it's going to be like yes. to be a mother of two. Yes. Oh <laughs> so my gosh. So really not much has changed. Just yes. <laughs> some experience, yes. um, some chaos and lots of things to talk about in between. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I know before we hit record, I was telling you about what we, what I wanted to talk about today. And I feel like we both are on the same page of like, okay, this is something we are figuring out in real time. So (laughs) I think it'll be good. I feel like this will be very much vibes of like, if we were sitting down grabbing coffee together, being like, so what are you doing for us? (laughs) I know. (laughs) And make it so much more fun. <laughs> um, no, I love that. And this is a topic which I know we'll share in a second what it is, but it's something that I've been posting a lot more about too on mm-hmm. social media. And the response has been so wildly different from like people being like, wow, this is amazing. I want to try this with mm-hmm. my kid. And wow, that would never work. Um, yeah. It's like very both sides of the spectrum, which I think mm-hmm. is fascinating because it's certainly not how I was raised. I don't know about you. I don't, I wasn't raised with like hard boundaries around food for sure, Mm -hmm. but I definitely wasn't raised with a more intuitive eating style approach of food for me as the child. Totally. Yeah. I feel very similar. Like I don't, I'm very thankful in the sense, like I don't remember my mom or either of my parents being like this, like you can't have this food. This is bad, but I don't remember it being like what we know now about intuitive eating. And I think some of it too is like my parents probably just didn't really know about that or were just doing what the pediatrician told them and all that sort of thing. Um, It's so interesting too, because I had a conversation with our pediatrician recently just about like when Noel was really sick, like I was like, I'm giving him like so much more juice because he'll definitely Mm -hmm. drink it. And like, she even had a comment that was like, you know, Mm -hmm. water down that juice. And I'm like, do you want him to dehydrate? Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, like I can't water yes. down a juice box because that's yes. how he likes to drink it. Yes. Because so, like, <laughs> toddlers are observant and he will know. He'll be like, I don't like this. He'll be like, Where's you pour my, my juice? juice into a yes. cup. Like, this is yes. not my juice. Like, oh, yes. <laughs> oh, you, <laughs> so. you literally can't get anything past them. They're like, no, I saw what you did. <laughs> Do you know that I tried to make him pizza the other night in the air fryer, like the Trader Joe's mini pizzas. I'm like, he loves pizza. This is a uh-huh. great deal. What an easy thing. He's like, yes. no circle pizza. And I'm like, okay, I'll <laughs> cut it. So I cut it. And he was like, that's not 
fuck? Oh my gosh. She asked to know this. It's like, just, just take wild. a bite. I promise it tastes the same. It's delicious. It's <laughs> yes. cheese sauce and bread. <laughs> oh yeah. Like how could you not like it? I know. So yeah, I mean, there's just, there's so many different areas to feeding a toddler that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this will be yes. Fun. <laughs> yes. And I feel like the like specific kind of approach we're both taking and want to like discuss on here is I guess basically like how to practice intuitive eating and feeding your toddler and how yeah. to not be this like almond mom, all these rules. Um, but I was, I, maybe I said this before we hit record or since we've recorded, but either way, I was like, I think one of the times I had the realization was <clears throat> Calder is in this huge phase of loving popsicles and it's so hot here. And we have popsicles almost every day, but he'd started for a few days with like run to the freezer right when he woke up wanting a popsicle. And I caught myself being like, no, we can't have a popsicle. Let's have something else. And then I think in that moment, I was like, okay, let me think about this. Like, is that bad to like tell him he can't have a popsicle right now? Cause I'm not saying popsicles are bad. I'm more so saying like what I, I mean, I wouldn't word it like this to a two-year-old, but basically like, let's maybe get something a little bit more like filling first and then we can have a popsicle. Cause I feel like a lot of things like that is all in like, how you say it versus like what you're actually saying. But yeah, I think in that moment, maybe realize like, Ooh, okay. I feel like now is when like some of those like learned behaviors can start around like either food being this like neutral thing or food being this like good versus bad thing. I think one thing, like I couldn't agree with that more. Mm -hmm. And I think one thing that I've learned is and I read this statistic somewhere that like toddlers specifically hear the word no, like 400 times per day, right? Like, mm, because they're yeah. always doing something wrong. Like yes. they're always pushing boundaries yes. and we have to enforce them. Right. And mm. so the, the act of they, they're smart enough at this age to know that like they need to eat mommy and daddy want them to eat, you know, food is here and mm -hmm. there's choices and all these things. And they also want control. So mm -hmm. it's almost like, like I had this very specific example with my son. So two last week, maybe it was, and I posted about this and I shared step-by-step step, like what happened. But two weeks ago, last week, maybe, um, my son ran to the freezer and just like yours, they sound very similar. And I asked him to get me out a waffle for breakfast. Like I was going to put it in the toaster for him. And next to the waffle box, this smart little boy sees mm -hmm. the box of Trader Joe's mini cones. Mm -hmm. And he grabs that box, not the waffles and says, I want ice cream. And like, I paused for a second and I'm like, okay, like I know in my heart and my mind that like, he's not going to eat it. But mm -hmm. I also know that I want him to eat breakfast. So I said, hand mommy the box of waffles and take an ice cream. So mm -hmm. he took the ice cream cone. I started making him breakfast mm -hmm. and he was just so happy. He was running around the house, holding the ice cream. He licked it a couple of times, did not take a single bite of the ice cream yeah. and was just running around. I put together his waffle, his peanut butter. He asked for brand cereal. He's very odd. <laughs> um, I put a cereal on his, in his bowl and I put like fruit on the plate mm -hmm. and I brought it into like the room where we have breakfast and sat down with him and he put his ice cream next to the fruit and started mm -hmm. eating the cereal. 
Uh And like the lesson there, and he ate two bowls of cereal, not a single bite of the ice cream, all of the melon, Uh and he licked the peanut butter off the waffle. So like all in all, super nutritious breakfast. Totally. But I knew in my mind that if I said no to that ice cream, not Mm -hmm. only would there have been an epic meltdown, but that's all he would have eaten if I put Mm -hmm. it next to the rest of the foods on that plate. By like casually not making a big deal about it, making him feel like he was in control, like he had the option. Mommy said yes to me, like all of these things that like boost his confidence. It Mm -hmm. also like gave him the ability to make a choice. And like, he loves fruit. He loves berries. He loves, he's in a very loving peanut butter phase, like Mm -hmm. really good things. And he had this really awesome breakfast without a fight. So I Mm -hmm. think like, will that work every single time? No, but I do know that if I were to say, we don't eat ice cream at breakfast, like all he would freaking want is ice cream for breakfast forever. Yes, yes. And I feel like that's such a great example too of just how intuitive kids are with food. Um, And because you took away any sense of like morality from the food on a very like, toddler level way of like, okay, you can have the ice cream, but you didn't even make this big deal about like, well, this is a special occasion only today. It's just like, okay, take the ice cream, hand me the waffle, which then made it this like just neutral thing to him. Right. Like not like exciting anymore. (laughs) Yes. And then maybe, you know, there'll be some days where he's like eating the whole ice cream and then maybe days where he's like, just licks it and then eats his other breakfast. But I feel like that's such a good example. Um, and I feel like also that's where diet culture and all these like who, you know, pediatricians accounts who are more like steeped in diet culture could be like, no, you can't give your kid ice cream at breakfast. But then what you even realized from that example of like, my kid didn't even technically eat ice cream at breakfast, but I let him know like, okay, there's no like rules here. And then gave him a little bit more agency to choose what sounded good and what didn't. And think about how confusing it must be for a kid to when they're sick. So my son's two and a half. He's been sick one trillion times. Mm -hmm. Knock on wood, it's not more than that. But like (laughs) when he's sick and he has no appetite, we teach our babies even to Mm -hmm. listen to their bodies and we push high fluid foods on them, right? I am forcing any type of liquid he'll drink, any popsicle Mm -hmm. at any time of the day, ices, Mm -hmm. whatever it is, red dye 40, like give the kid whatever (laughs) he will take because I know in my heart that Mm -hmm. dehydration is way worse than Mm -hmm. anything that could happen from sugar, right? So I I think it's gotta be so confusing for them when again, like my son, he had a hand, foot, and mouth recently. He has mm. had COVID, the stomach bug, uh, like all the things, RSV. And we're like mm-hmm. pushing fluids and I'm empowering him to listen to his beautiful body that we talk about all the time. Mm-hmm. And then when he's healthy, I'm telling him like, no, this is not a food that we have at this time. Like it's gotta be very confusing for them. And I do think Mm -hmm. it's also confusing for adults that were raised as you clear your plate before you get your dessert or dessert only happens after dinner or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're bad if you eat more than one cookie and all of these Mm -hmm. messages, it's gotta be really hard. And I, I, I have a compassion. I have so much compassion and empathy for parents today that were raised 
buy an almond mom because stopping that cycle and like that trajectory is, is really challenging. Mm -hmm. Um, and I didn't have an almond mom, mom, I love you. I know you'll listen to this, but (laughs) I had my own issues with diet culture myself Mm -hmm. and my husband is amazing, but he Mm. also doesn't fully understand like what I'm doing. Right. Totally. Yes. And so trying to like show him this too, because I'll catch him saying like, no, you already had a lollipop, but like, Mm. what does it matter? He didn't eat it. He licked it twice and he put it away and it made him happy. Give Mm -hmm. him another freaking lollipop. (laughs) (laughs) Prevent a tantrum. And that's the main goal here. (laughs) A hundred percent. And it's also going to prevent like the, I ask for lollipops like all the time Mm -hmm. because I only get them when and I'm blah, blah, blah. So I think like there's like so much that we can learn, but there's also so much that we have to fight against because mm-hmm. if you look at like typical parenting, like from the past, like food like this was used as rewards, mm-hmm. right? Oh, yeah. It was used as, you know, bartering with your kids. Like if you pooped on the potty, like you get a cupcake and like all these things, not saying that's wrong, but like it starts that message of morality at this like very young age and can be so impactful in the future. Yes. Yes. And I think all of that brings up to where it's just so easy to start almost like inheriting behaviors or teaching certain things to our toddlers that just feel like normal in our society of like, no, you can't have ice cream for breakfast or like you have to clean your plate until you have dessert without like stopping to pause of like, wait, is that really true? Like, do I really need to do that? Like, why does my body process sugar differently at 8 a.m. than it would at like 8 p.m.? Like, What's the big deal? Anybody in an office building that's eating a croissant for breakfast, nothing wrong with it. But like, it's not that different. (laughs) Yeah, like it's literally, honestly, the croissant might have more sugar than the popsicle or the ice cream. And the ice cream would have more protein. (laughs) Yes, totally. (laughs) You know, like when we're really getting nitty gritty or like somebody that goes to Dunkin' Donuts and gets a pump Mm. of caramel syrup in their coffee. Like it's not that different when you really Mm -hmm. get down to it. And I think, you know, we also underestimate like what toddlers can process and something Mm -hmm. that I'm really starting to do. So yesterday my husband works from home Mm part-time and he's in his office part-time. So it's confusing for my son. Um, Mm -hmm. and he saw my husband like right after Mm -hmm. his nap yesterday and like remembered that daddy said after work, he was going to do something with him. Right. Normally, like I keep my husband in his office so like I can move on to the activity until it's after work hours. But anyways, he saw him and it was like, no, I want to do this. And so I basically like diverted the situation with, do you want to go on a walk? Like with whatever, Mm -hmm. long story short. And I'm like, it's really hot outside. I think we have some blue um, popsicles in the freezer, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. You know, I wasn't using that as like a, now that I say it out loud, like it sounds like I was trying to like use it as Mm -hmm. a reward, but it was really more of like a, we'll have your snack in the stroller. This can be your snack today. Yes. get him out of the house. So we start walking and he like took a couple bites and he loves, it's like the Luigi's Isis, but it's the yes. blue and white one. So good. Mm-hmm. Um, and we start walking and it's hot and he's sweating and he's eating the ices. And I did start to have the conversation with him. Like he's two and a half, but he mm-hmm. understands. I'm like, how does, do you like your ices? Like I asked him that question. He's like, mm-hmm. delicious. And I'm like, how does oh. it make your belly feel? Uh-huh. And he like said, um, it feels great. 
And I'm like, okay, oh. amazing. I'm like, do you know why we eat food? Like asking him these oh, questions, like yeah. it gives us energy. And, you know, some foods make our bellies not feel so great. And if that mm-hmm. happens, you can tell mommy that. And mm-hmm. like, he knows I keep snacks in the stroller and he kind of yeah. like sat, put his spoon down, like in like the tray for a second. And he said, do we have graham crackers? And I'm like, I do have graham crackers. And like gave him (laughs) graham crackers that he then Mm -hmm. ate with his ices. Like, not like he was having a balanced snack here, but it was just like, he was processing that different foods do different things or like make us feel different. And it was almost like he wanted to test it. Mm -hmm. Um, And he didn't end up finishing the ices and he ended up having three graham crackers. And like, Mm -hmm. we took a really nice walk and it was great. And then he got to cut down trees with daddy or whatever it was. (laughs) Uh, There was a big storm here. So there was all sorts of branches Uh, in our backyard that he wanted to clear away. Um, So I think like we can also start having those conversations about, Mm -hmm. you know, what different types of foods do for our bodies and how they make us feel. Like, I don't remember having those conversations when I'm a, yeah. I am was a little kid. <laughs> totally. And I think it's all kind of, like I said at the beginning, how we like phrase those type of things where like what you were describing was like, how does it make your belly feel? Like, do you know why we eat? It's not saying like, oh, well, having a graham cracker with that icy might make your stomach hurt. Like, because then that's like putting ideas in their head too. Oh and, and instilling some of that like good versus bad morality. Cause then also I feel like remembering like a lot of the behaviors we're teaching our kids now are going to set them up later for like sneaking food or not sneaking food. Like, I yes. feel like I see all the time in these like mom Facebook groups. I'm in these moms with these like Terrifying. long posts about <laughs> yeah, that's yes. I'm like, Oh my God, all it's of like, you need a dietitian. Like, please <laughs> someone help them. But putting these like long posts about like my kids sneaking food, we've tried all these things, only keeping healthy food, locking the pantry, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that's why he's sneaking food. Like, hello, he's sneaking. And like, you don't see him sneaking carrots and hummus, do you? Like he's going to be sneaking the foods that you've kept off limits because he thinks he's doing something bad and he doesn't want to get in trouble versus if all foods are more like not more, (laughs) if all foods are neutral, then they're not. And it's not saying that's the magic trick and your kid's never going to sneak food, but they're going to be way less likely because they're not going to feel guilty about it. And they're going to be able to be more in tune with like, Oh, if I eat a whole box of graham crackers, let's say my stomach is going to hurt. So maybe I'm not going to do that. Or even what you're mentioning about like balanced snacks, like, Oh, if I eat just graham crackers, like maybe that doesn't keep me full as long. So maybe I want to do peanut butter with graham crackers. Like, I think those are things we can teach our kids. And I love what you're saying too, of like, it is, it doesn't have to start when they're like five or six years old. It can be two and a half. And just in a way that's like, age appropriate. You don't have to explain like, well, you need the protein and the fat from the peanut butter, like in a way that's age appropriate. Like this is going to help you play on the playground longer. Let's like add a little peanut butter. Um, so yes, I think a lot of it is in how we word things that can take things from like intuitive eating into this like diet culture realm. 
I think there was a comment I received on the post that I put up to where somebody said like, how cool that you're teaching your son to trust his body too, Mm. right? Like, and that Mm. was like something I didn't even think of. I was just trying to like, you know, you hear and you have a son and like you hear all of this, these like conversations about like, you know, trying to raise daughters that are not steeped in diet culture, but it's the same with our boys, right? It's the same with all children. And I think Mm -hmm. like to have him have this, understanding of food that like, and trust me, I do plenty wrong as a mom and I'm learning so much and I'm certainly not a feeding expert by any means. And we're fighting against so many other things, but there's Mm. two things that I do feel really confident in, you know, in where he is developmentally. And that's with his food and like screen time. Like, cause I approach mm-hmm. screen time the same way. I'm like, you want to watch TV? Yeah. I don't care because when I turn it off, you're not going to have a fit because I don't make a big deal about it. Right. Yes. And I think totally. if we can kind of think about these things in those like similar ways, like it doesn't have to be that different. Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's a very similar relationship of like sweet foods or dessert foods or quote unquote foods that we don't want our kids eating like their whole diet consisting of. But if we approach like the screen and our children's diets, like in a Mm -hmm. similar way, we can cultivate a healthy relationship with both of them. Mm. Um, And I don't think it has to be so complicated. Yeah, that's so true. And I wonder if that brings up, like if we think about screens and kids, like sneaking time on their phones, on laptops, like there has to be correlation there because even the example I just shared about sneaking food, it's like, yeah. okay, if we're like making this thing seem like it's such this big deal or this special treat, or this is bad, our kids are going to find a way to do it. They're just going to do it behind our back. And so it's like, if we can show like, Hey, it's okay to do this. Let's just like, make sure you're educated around this in an age appropriate way. Yeah. Maybe it'll help us a lot in the long run. <laughs> I took a course um, with one of my friends who is a coach about neuro-linguistic processing, NLP. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And w- uh-huh. one of the things that she taught in this course was like your subconscious mind can't process negatives. So mm-hmm. when you said, when I say to you, Dylan, like, don't think of the purple tree. I think that was her example. Like you probably have an image in your head of a purple tree right now. Yeah. Right. So when Mm -hmm. we tell our little babies and our kids, like, no, you can't have ice cream right Mm -hmm. now. We're having our peas or whatever it is. I don't know why peas came to my head. (laughs) And that's like the cliche, like kids thing, right? Like what all kids hate, you know, all they can think about is ice cream, ice cream, ice cream, Mm -hmm. ice cream, right? And so it's really just like this understanding that at the end of the day, like, yes, as parents, all we want to do is what's best for our children. Like, Mm -hmm. that's it. That's the bottom line, the core, like we want what's best for our kids. um, And we're all doing the best that we can. And I think it's really hard because I've had this conversation with parents too. Like, you know, the food habituation piece of intuitive eating will apply here too, if we trust it. So it's like, you know what? Your kid wants only an ice cream sandwich for breakfast for 10 days. You continue to offer that ice cream sandwich next to the berries and the waffle and the peanut butter. Mm -hmm. And you give them the option to choose. And eventually the ice cream sandwich is going to lose its luster, Mm -hmm. right? Like it really will work. Um, And I, I posted that yesterday too. My son like, did again, he wanted the ice cream before dinner was ready. I let him have it. 
And he threw it away. I was like, I would have eaten that. Right. I'm like, what are you doing? He like, he licked it and he was like running around. He was all happy. He ended up tossing it in the garbage. Again, not food waste in my family. It wasn't my choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he ate his whole dinner, chicken, mm-hmm. veggies, whatever it was. Like, he's not like the most amazing eater by any means. Like we eat a lot of chicken nuggets, but like mm-hmm. still, if yeah. I were to have said no, I guarantee you he wouldn't have eaten the chicken or the Dr. Prager's broccoli bites and whatever else I had on that plate. Yes. Right? Oh, totally. Um, it's really trusting that process, just like we would ask an adult to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, I mean, what's so like special about kids who haven't been like super infiltrated by diet culture yet is like when they sit down and see a plate of ice cream sandwich, berries, um, granola, you know, whatever else is there, they're not seeing it through this like diet lens that we know of like, this ice cream sandwich is like bad off limits. So I need to have that or, oh, this fruit is good. Like they're not seeing any of that. They're just, they might not even know in their head what those foods are called. They just see, okay, here are the things. How do they taste? Which one do I want? And that's a lot of what intuitive eating is too, of like, what sounds good? What makes my tummy feel good? Like, you were talking to and your son much? about, yeah, like how much do I need? Um, and that food habituation will show up too. And I feel like that's such a good reminder. Yeah. And I think it's like one of those things that like, it's a really hard process to trust and it's a really hard lesson to learn. And yes. we have this amazing opportunity to start with a blank slate, mm-hmm. right? And our kids are yes. blank slates. I think the only other thing that I would add to that too is like just the understanding of I know with you know neurodiverse children too mm-hmm. this may not apply there yeah, are sensory so issues there are you know processing issues there are all sorts of learning disabilities that may mm-hmm. make this more challenging so I do just yes. want to like put that disclaimer out there that like this is not a one size fits all approach totally. um, this is what's working for me personally as mm-hmm. a mom not an expert of like children's nutrition mm-hmm. um just applying like what I know and seeing if it works and so I just want to make yes. sure that any parent or caregiver out there who this is not quote unquote working for doesn't feel like a failure. Um, yeah. right. I, I that, do know I'm glad that, you like, said that like with autism being on the spectrum with mm-hmm. ADD, ADHD, or any type of like sensory processing type therapies. I know that there's a lot of food aversions and, mm-hmm. you know, just difficulties with feeding in general that will yeah. make this process feel harder and actually be harder. So I think that that is something that I just want to toss out there just to make everybody understand that, you know, again, just like with nutrition, it's not a one size fits all. Yes. Yes. And I feel like that's also a good reminder. If you recognize like this isn't working or this feels more difficult than it should be, that also might be a perfect time to bring on a feeding therapist or a dietitian who specializes in feeding kids or, you know, whatever that help may look like. And I think trying to find it through the lens of like someone who also specializes in like intuitive eating and that sort of approach so that, you know, it's coming through the lens of like, okay, this aligns with (laughs) what I want like my kids to learn growing up. But I'm so glad you brought that up because yeah, it's some kids, this might not work for at all. And they're, nothing wrong with that. It's just totally not a one size fits all. 
I learned that too, because I hosted something where one of the dietitians on my team actually at the time made a comment like, you know, you're like, just like a kid, like eventually they'll eat when they're hungry or just like a dog, mm-hmm. something like that. And like yeah. a mother, a mother of a neurodivergent, neuro, yes. I, I don't know. I think is that's that the right. right term? Neurodivergent. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Of a child like made the comment, like that's not necessarily true. Um, mm. And there are some circumstances where, you know, a kid will not eat even if they are hungry. And so yeah. again, maybe they should be bumped to the beginning of the episode or you can yeah. put a little disclaimer in the <laughs> so intro. Um, but I do just want to put that out there and there's nothing that you're doing wrong as the parent. Um, yes. it, it might just take more time if there are no other diagnoses or it might just not work. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's okay. Yes. Um, and yes. that's something that we just have to recognize and be aware of. And, you know, just know that um, with time and the right resources and support, it could have a different outcome. Totally. Totally. Yes. I am so glad you brought all that up because I could see like a mom listening who's like, okay, well I've tried all this and it doesn't work. Or like right. you said that, and that doesn't work for my kid. So this kind of like helps with all of that of like, this doesn't mean it works for everyone. And like, this is both of our first time, like actually doing right. this with our own kids. And we don't, in our private practices, we don't specialize in feeding toddlers. So we're by this no means. This is experience. Yes. yes. <laughs> like, like this is our experience. Yes. yes. Ask us and like a week from now. It could be different. <laughs> totally. And it also doesn't work every day. You know, yes. like there's going to totally. be a day where he eats the whole ice cream cone and doesn't yes. eat the breakfast. And mm-hmm. I think it's also just a great reminder that like your reaction to that is also really powerful. Yes. Where like you can then ask those questions, like how does your belly feel? And like, mm-hmm. is it still hungry? Or, you know, no, there's, and you can also set boundaries. Like, no, there's no more ice cream today. You had mm-hmm. yours or right now, yeah. you know, let's go play or whatever. And, you know, we'll chat again at snack time, whatever it yes. is. Like you can also instill those boundaries. And if mm-hmm. you're worried about your kid not getting enough nutrients in general. Like I talked to my pediatrician the other day about a potential multivitamin too, because I wanted, you know, he, my son used to eat like cucumbers and tomatoes and like all the veggies and like loved them. And now he's like, he'll only eat them in the form of like a dinosaur made by Dr. Prager's, which is fine. I know it's a phase, but I'm like, you know, we could be missing some things and she recommended a multivitamin that I could drop into his milk. Right. So like, there's also ways to feel more confident that your kid's getting what they need. Um, so, and I wouldn't just like do that unless you talk to your pediatrician, but like that, that was, there are resources. Yeah. We had our two and a half year appointment a couple of weeks ago and she was all, she was on board for it. She was like, it's super normal. He's probably going to eat vegetables again. Um, you know, carry on. And if that makes you feel better, do it. And like, I drop it right into his milk. And for whatever reason, he doesn't know, even though it's like orange flavored, I'm like, okay. How do you not notice the taste of this? Right. Like, are you good? (laughs) Yes. That's such Uh, a good reminder though. Cause I feel like, and I've even seen this with like some of my friends do like, I feel like our kids go through the stage almost when they're like first learning like food and textures where they are eating like more veggies, more diverse foods. And it's like, oh my gosh, like my kid is like the best eater. Salmon. Yes. I'm like, look at him. Yes. And then they reach a point where it's like, literally all you're eating is like 
bread and chicken nuggets. Chicken. <laughs> yes. It's like, great. Now I'm failing. But only but... in specific shapes. Okay. Yes. Do not even try yes. <laughs> to give it to them in uh, a shape yes. that they don't know about. Okay. Yes. <laughs> like... Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, and yeah, I think reminding yourself like, okay, my kid will eat veggies again one day. Like this is very normal, age appropriate thing for a kid to be doing. And I think that's again, where it's so easy to instill our own like food beliefs or what we were taught growing up, what society says, where it's like, my kid hasn't had one vegetable today or like Calder, I feel like his main veggies are like from pouches. And I'm like, well, that's just going to be it for right now. <laughs> like, uh, totally. and we'll I still like, no offer, <laughs> uh, I, I'm more like, okay, can we like get away from pouches? Cause they're expensive and he could eat like five a day. And I'm like, please. We had a huge pouch phase and I, I'm just like you, I felt like confident that he was getting what he needed when he was yes. eating the pouches. And now he like throws them back at me. I'm like, yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. No. Yeah. And I think again, parents just, they have, we all have so much on our plates that you are doing a great job. Just know that. And there's Mm -hmm. resources out there. If something's not working right now, like Mm -hmm. there's another approach Um, and you don't have to do it alone. I know that sounds like really easy and privileged coming from um, a person who I feel like I do have a lot of resources at my fingertips. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I do understand that not everybody does. But I would say that like there's free information online on both of our Mm -hmm. pages. And also, you know, there's resources to really help support you and resource groups and support groups and all the things for free um, to help you just really understand it too. Dr. Taylor Arnold, it's growing.intuitiveeaters, I think is her Instagram, has Mm -hmm. incredible resources and free resources on her YouTube channel about feeding children. Um, And that is her specialty. And so she does a lot of like, you know, what happens when the kids go to school and like the teacher says, you can't have your cookie until you eat your sandwich. And like, changes the rules from home and like all of that Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, So she's a great also resource to look into Mm. um, depending on where you are with your feeding journey for your kids. Yeah, that's really helpful. I'll have to link that in the show notes. Um, And for people listening to, I know you probably shared this on our first episode where people can find you, but for people listening, where can they find you? So I am Jenna Warner, registered dietitian, owner of Happy Strong Healthy Nutrition Practice. You can find me at at happystronghealthy.rd on Instagram and TikTok or happystronghealthyrd.com. Um, so with that said, yes. thank you so much for having me. Yes, <laughs> thank you so much for taking time to come on the show. Thanks so much for joining today's episode on the Free Method Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please leave us a five-star review. That helps others discover this message of freedom. Share this with your friends and make sure you tag us on Instagram at Free Method Nutrition. And if you're ready to start your own journey to freedom, I'd love to offer you a free call to chat with me about your health goals. Head to freemethodnutrition.com slash free call to schedule yours. We will see you in the next episode.